Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. Well, despite pleas from parents at school board meetings and thousands of calls to the governor's office, Governor Pritzker's signing of State Senate Bill 818 brings ramped up sex education in K through 12 government school classrooms right here in Illinois. What's the path forward for parents and students who object? Here to weigh in is Scott Phelps, the Executive Director of Abstinence and Marriage Education Partnership, ampartnership.org, and in partnership working to ensure that every teenager in the country has the opportunity to hear a reasoned, positive presentation on the benefits of abstinence until marriage. Scott, how will abstinence education be presented in classrooms under this new comprehensive sex ed law? Well, our program doesn't change. The message never changes. And so we will continue to teach that uh, waiting until marriage is the safest, healthiest choice. There will be no changes to our curriculum uh, whatsoever. SB 818 is a reference to schools that teach comprehensive sexual health education. Our program is not a comprehensive sexual health education program. It's an abstinence education program. So it's different. I think it's important for parents to understand that schools do not have to teach comprehensive sexual health education. And so my encouragement for parents who are concerned about this, and parents should be concerned about this, is to go to their local school and ask them to not teach comprehensive sexual health education because that is what the bill refers to. It refers to and applies to schools that choose to teach comprehensive sexual health education. Therefore, parents should say, please do not teach comprehensive sexual health education. Then our program, of course, is an alternative to that. So there's still an opportunity for parents to have some say about this. Oh, absolutely. Parents need to make their voices heard directly to their school because uh, schools do not have to teach this. If they're not teaching comprehensive sex ed already. The law relates to schools that teach comprehensive sexual health education. Therefore, my reading of the law is schools that do not teach comprehensive sexual health education do not need to follow these standards. And what are these standards? What the Illinois legislature has done is that they have mandated schools that teach comprehensive sexual health education will follow something called the National Sex Ed Standards. Well, what are these standards? They're not governmental standards at all. They're not health standards. It is a draft put together by a group of radical activists in Washington, D.C. who have a very clear political agenda, and they have drafted a series of quote-unquote standards that the Illinois legislature has adopted and is mandating that any school that teaches comprehensive sexual health education follow. And so that is very problematic because as you say, it is K through 12, it is systemic. And I think it's important for parents to understand also that up until now, sex education, bad as it was, was really quite limited. Up until now, sex education was basically maybe you'd get a little bit in middle school and a little bit in high school. So in high school, typically it would be in your sophomore year, you would take a health class. Sex education would be 
one part of the health class, maybe a couple of weeks out of a semester of health class. What this new legislation says is, no, 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 no. If you're gonna teach anything about sex ed, you need to do it every year starting in kindergarten. And so it's going to be much more dramatic, much more systemic, much more uh, indoctrination of your kids because it's going to be year after year after year after year. And so even the opt-out clause is very difficult because you're gonna have to opt them out every year. You know, the governor says the state is modernizing sex education standards. What does he mean by that? Well, there's a lot of manipulation going on here. There's a lot of sleight of hand. There's nothing safe or healthy at all about this. What this is doing is encouraging kids uh, in a direction that is unhealthy. For example, we have data that we pulled from the previous, from the Obama administration, showing that when millions of dollars were given to schools like Chicago Public Schools to teach sex education, it really had no effect. And in some cases, it was worse. The federal government gave $4 million to Planned Parenthood in the Seattle area to teach sex education. The rates of teen pregnancy went up among the kids who had the sex ed program. So these programs are not safe or healthy or beneficial in any way. Why do you think that's the case? Why are pregnancy rates going up when they teach this kind of sex ed? Well, for one thing, what these programs do is they normalize sex among teens. There's no sense of waiting until marriage. It's all about when you are sexually active, here's how you will participate in that. Here's all the different contraceptive methods that you can use to keep yourself quote unquote safe. But there's no, there's no expectation or encouragement in any way for kids not to be sexually active. And so what we wanna do on the other hand is provide an alternative to that message. Would you say that this law will in effect encourage kids to experiment with sex and their sexuality. We can't know for sure, but certainly the standards would encourage that. If you read through the national standards, it's really quite explicit and inappropriate, the kinds of things that they do starting in kindergarten, the things that they're teaching kids. And I won't try to rehash all of that now, but anyone can go online and Google the National Sex Ed Standards version two, which is the most recent iteration of that, and you will see exactly what the standards call for. Now, you also have to stop and think, why is the legislature doing this? Why is there a law requiring schools to follow the national standards? And the reason is because most schools don't teach this now and don't want to teach this now. And so they're really pushing schools and teachers, more particularly teachers. Right now, we work with teachers all over the country and particularly here in Illinois. And we know that most teachers want to teach a good, healthy message, that sexual activity is a good thing reserved for the context of marriage and help kids understand how that all fits together. Absence isn't a negative message, it's a positive message of encouragement and hope and help for our young people. And most teachers that we work with want to teach that message. That's not good enough for the legislature. They want to push teachers to teach something that they would otherwise prefer not to teach. And so that's really why you have this new law, because teachers wouldn't teach it otherwise. Well, why are they making this push? What's the end goal? Well, we do know that Planned Parenthood is very much behind this. They were the ones who pushed the bill in Springfield. They were the ones who, uh, on the floor of the uh, debate that I watched, were referenced as the primary sponsors of the bill. And so clearly they are pushing a political agenda into our schools. Planned Parenthood is not only the largest provider of abortions in America, Planned Parenthood is also the largest provider of sex education in America. And so there's a real clear link between those two things. And they're in the hormone dispensing business too now. Yes. 
they stand to gain monetarily of course. from this. Well, Scott, uh, grades K through two students will learn to identify different kinds of families, define gender, gender identity, and gender stereotypes. The LGBTQ plus indoctrination is beginning here. Oh, there's no question. There's no question that this is very much an ideological, political push starting in the kindergarten. Again, anyone can go and get the national standards and read them for yourselves. Now, what they do in the law, again, the sleight of hand here is throughout. So for example, they make two different ways of referencing this in the legislation. They refer to comprehensive personal health and safety for grades K through five, and then they reference comprehensive sexual health education for grades six through 12. However, if you go and you look at the definitions of each of those, they're identical. There isn't a word difference between them. So all they've really done is they have chosen not to use the word comprehensive sexual health education for K through five. They just changed the name of it. But the definition of comprehensive personal health and safety for grades K through five is identical to the definition of comprehensive sex education for grades six through 12. So you really have sex education from K through 12. They've changed the name for the lower grades to try to trick people to think that it's not so bad. Who could be against actually personal health and safety? That sounds wonderful. So let's support that. But it's not that at all. It's gender identity for kindergartners. Wow. They're a little confused at that age already. Oh my goodness, I can't even imagine. I cannot even imagine. And you're gonna start this in kindergarten. This is your educational setting, right? This is where you're sending your kids to be educated and what they're going to be educated in is gender identity and sexual orientation starting in kindergarten and every year on. Scott, some of the course material and instruction said that it will help students dealing with concepts about consent. But will students be taught how and why they should say no? It's a very good question, and the answer to that is no. <laughs> they will not be taught abstinence until marriage. In fact, the greatest problem that we have always had with sex education, again, we are not sex education, we are abstinence education, we are an alternative to sex education. The problem we have always had with sex education is not so much the condoms and contribution distribution that is involved in those programs, but more so is that they're educating young people about sex without any reference to the context of marriage. This was the sexual revolution. What the sexual revolution said was, you don't have to be married to have sex, you get yourself some contraception, you have sex with anybody that you want. Well, that is modern day sex education is nothing more than a codification of the sexual revolution being taught to our young people. And what we at AM want to do is say, no, 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 that's not a healthy message. What we want young people to understand is that sex reserved for the context of marriage is the safest, healthiest choice for you. That's a message that they're not going to get anywhere else. They will not get it from this bill. They will not get it as a part of a sex education course. And so our work exists to ensure that every teenager in the country has the opportunity to hear a clearly reasoned, positive presentation on the benefits of abstinence until marriage and instruction on preparing for a healthy future marriage. What we're all about is helping strengthen marriages before they begin. We want young people to learn how to prepare for and to form healthy, stable marriages, which is the bedrock and cornerstone of our culture. Well, before we move on to some other areas and go a little deeper into the work of AM Partnership, uh, there is an opt-out provision under this law. You mentioned it at the outset, but there's some strings attached. 
and it's easier said than done. Very much so. The opt-out provision uh, is such that it must be done in writing uh, for portions, right, of the health class. And so this is going to be very difficult for parents to know, you know, when is this coming up? What does the letter need to say? Who do I mail it to? I mean, they didn't make it easy at all. And so this is why I'm encouraging parents to let your school principal, superintendent, school board know that you don't want the school teaching comprehensive sexual health education at all because here's the other thing that the law requires. If you teach comprehensive sexual health education, you not only have to follow the national standards, it says and it says uses the word all. You need to follow all of the national sexual health education standards. Your school won't get to pick and choose. Your, your school can't go through those national standards and go, okay, we'll do that one, that one. Oh, we don't want to do that one. No, no, no. You have to do it all. That's what it says. So I would encourage parents, download the national standards from the internet. Go to just Google national standards version two. Get that because that's what the law just passed. Read through it. And if you don't want that, all of that taught to your kids, you need to make your voices heard to your local school. Well, I listen, is there an opportunity there still in this type of culture that we're in right now? Yes, I think it's important to help schools understand. I'm not sure that all school boards, principals, and teachers even understand yet what has happened in Springfield. I would encourage principals, superintendents, teachers, parents, school board members, get the national standards and read them. Because if you go down the path of comprehensive sexual health education, that's what you're going to be required to do. I'm confident that most principals, superintendents, and teachers do not want this taught in their schools. And my message is you don't have to teach this in your schools. It does not mandate that your schools teach this. It says if your school teaches sexual health education, then you must teach this opt out of sexual health altogether. Scott, a lot of people might think that this new ramped up sex ed will only be taught in a sex education class, but will it be infused in other areas as well? That's really what's uh, diabolical about this particular legislation is it is really systemic. It really is coming at your kids now throughout K through 12 in multiple settings. If you read through the national standards, you will see that their goal is to infuse this school-wide, system-wide, you know, throughout your classes. It is infused with critical theory. If you read through the national standards, you'll see it talking about reproductive justice and racial justice and intersexuality and language inclusivity and all of that is in there, and there is a very clear effort to indoctrinate children through this legislation, K through 12. It is systemic and very difficult to opt out of. Individually, as a parent, I would say, that's why the school needs to step up and do what's right and say, we're not teaching that here. Wow, you gotta get in contact with the principal at your school. I would, I would go to everybody. The superintendent, if all those folks. School right? superintendents, make an appointment, go in, Absolutely. And just let them know. Take a copy of the National Standards and read it and say, are you going to be teaching this in this school? And chances are the principal will read it and go, oh, my goodness, no, we're not going to teach that. Good. Well, let's hope that happens. Yeah. Again, we work with teachers and principals all over the country. And I know that most will not, once you get outside the big city, you know, once you get outside the big city, most communities uh, are not going to want this in their community. Well, let me ask you about, it. you said you work with teachers and et cetera throughout the country. But if parents would give you folks a call and say, look, Scott, I need some advice on how to 
talk to my yes. school teacher or my principal. Can you do that? Of course. That's what we're here for. We're here to support and equip and help. And if your school insists on teaching this, then by all means, you should be opting your student out of that. And then we can supply you with materials to teach your kids at home. We have online learning courses. We have paper workbook courses. We have online training. There's a lot that we can do. We primarily want to equip others to teach kids about this, whether that's at a school, whether that's at a church, whether that's at a home. Uh, we're here to supply, encourage, equip, and help you to do that. We want kids to understand that reserving all sexual activity for marriage is good and healthy for them and will help them prepare well for the future. We teach something called the success sequence, which is very simple. Researchers have identified three simple steps forward for young people. Number one, get an education, get a degree, high school or college, get a degree. Number two, get a full-time job. And then number three, marry before having any children. Students who follow that particular pathway, it's almost impossible for them to end up in poverty or in uh, financial dependence. And so we're teaching the success sequence to young people. And this is good, healthy material. And your kids should be getting that. And your school can teach that because that's what we provide for schools to teach. You can get our program and teach that at your school. You can say to your school principal, we don't want you to teach comprehensive sex education. We do want you teaching the success sequence. And here's the information. You can connect them with us and we'll be happy to follow up. Folks, you need to go to your website, ampartnership.org. Before we take a quick break, what do you think? Does this new sex ed bill kind of lay the groundwork for lawmakers to come back in a couple years from now and say, you know, these kids have uh, been better educated about sex and sexuality, so they can make decisions on sex and sexuality at an earlier age. So we need to consider lowering the age of consent. We're long past laying the groundwork. <laughs> the groundwork has been laid. The foundation has been poured. The house is being built. Really? Oh, yeah. The point is what they are requiring now was unthinkable just a few years ago. So if you're asking me, could it get even more unthinkable? <laughs> the question is, of course. Of course. Of course. Okay. Well, this is Illinois Family Spotlight, our conversation with Scott Phelps with Abstinence and Marriage Education Partnership continues after this. Texas restricts abortion. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. A new Texas law bans abortion after a fetal heartbeat is detected, which can be as early as six weeks after conception. Opponents had appealed the law, but neither the Supreme Court nor a federal appeals court acted to block it, so the law went into effect on Wednesday. Among those who oppose the law is a group called the Reproductive Freedom Congregations, a coalition of 25 churches. They seek to, quote, eradicate stigma around things like abortion, LGBTQ, climate change, and half a dozen other popular progressive causes. Another 70 churches are in process to become members of this group. One pastor said joining this coalition is about knowledge being the basis of your sexual life. The more you know, the better decisions you make. Well, without exception, each congregation, every pastor that's part of this Reproductive Freedom Congregations group, have already decided that neither biblical revelation nor historic Christian orthodoxy count as valid sources of knowledge or ethics in the modern world. You can be sure anyone who supports abortion already gave up on scripture. I'm John Stone Street. Do you know that the time your children spend in school for one year is as much time as they will spend in church in over five years? Why would we want our children to be in a school that denies God and His truth? Christian Liberty Academy was founded in 1968 
to provide a place that would affirm and strengthen what our children learn at home and in their churches. We have a great location in Arlington Heights, outstanding faculty and facilities, a strong biblical worldview emphasis, and an affordable tuition price compared to similar schools. We provide a comprehensive and accredited curriculum that will prepare your child for college and beyond. From preschool all the way through 12th grade, discover the positive difference that Christian Liberty Academy can make in their education and life. Schedule a personal tour today and get more information at ChristianLibertyAcademy.com or call 847-385-2013. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here, joined by Scott Phelps with Abstinence and Marriage Education Partnership, ampartnership.org. Scott, we've been talking about this big sex education bill signed by the governor that's going to bring really hardcore sex ed into our government school classrooms. And we've talked about how it's going to be difficult for parents to opt out kids, but it can be done. But what are some other proactive steps that parents can take to protect their kids from this sex ed law? Education really begins at home. Yes, no question. And all of the programs, so AM Partnership, we work on policy and information and equipping and helping. And then we have a curriculum division as well, A&M Resources, that provides materials for parents and schools. And so I would say the best thing for parents to do would be to get a copy of our program and to go through that with your student. Now, even if your student is doing it at a school, we have what's called a parent link at the end of every chapter where we encourage school teachers to send the material home with their kids so that parents could go over it with them. So whether your student is getting this at school, and we are in a number of schools across the state, so you you may have a student that was already getting this, go over it with your student at home, you know, maybe on a weekly basis or something like that. If your school isn't teaching it, you can get the material directly from us. Uh, I mentioned earlier, we now have it all online. So they can go through, uh, you can go through this with your students, with our online learning course, uh, and that could be really beneficial for you to do so. And it's not so much a sex talk as it is how to have a successful life talk. It's much more about making plans and making wise decisions and critical thinking and not following the crowd, not giving into peer pressure, those kinds of things. I think you'll find it very helpful. So even if your kids are not exposed to this new sex ed, they still need to hear your message. This is very important. You might even be thinking, well, I don't even have kids in the public school. My kids are in a private school or something. But this is cultural and the culture is moving rapidly. The ground is shifting under our feet and you really need to be equipping your kids about these things because typically if your kids are in a private school, they are not uh, sheltered from this in any way because they have a lot of friends who are not in the private school. They've got the internet, they've got the TV, they've got the Twitter, uh, it's everywhere. And so equipping your young people uh, is super important, absolutely. And even if your kids are going to a Christian school or they're being homeschooled, they're going to be curious. Well, unfortunately, I would go so far as to say those are the kids who fall through the cracks. Homeschool, Christian school, private school, my experience in working with schools is that the private schools view what we do as sex education so they don't want any part of it. And I wish they wouldn't see it that way because it's not sex education. It's absence education. It's very, very helpful. But my point is many private school principals that I have spoken to say, 
that's not something we get into. We leave that to the parents. Well, yes, it should be left to the parents. Unfortunately, the parents often don't have guidance on how to quite navigate this. And so it just does, this is why I say these kids tend to fall through the cracks because the schools rightly turn it over to the parents, but the parents don't. What we would say is both and. We think that private schools can help their students with this and they can help the parents to do it as well. And so we would be more than happy to help private schools to do this in a very appropriate, uh, respectful, in, in a good way. Scott, we know that proponents of comprehensive sex ed are infusing their ideology into not just the sex ed classes but other subject matter. Maybe your ideology, concepts that A&M Partnership is trying to get to teens should be infused in the Christian schools, in their subject matter, all their subject matter, and even in homeschool situations. Oh, absolutely. It's critical because, uh, as you say, the proponents of sex education, they've got it in everything. They've got it in the sitcoms, the TV shows, the corporate, you know, every corporation now. They're just pushing it everywhere. And so it's really important for us who are parents of young people to be teaching them, equipping them, indoctrinating them really simply means to install doctrine in them because if we don't somebody will they're getting it somewhere and it's best that they get it from you and so your views values and beliefs need to be faithfully communicated to your young people particularly in this area and there is a way to do it well and that's what we want to help you to do they need to go to your website what's the first step to getting the ball rolling here well, they can go to uh, our curriculum division, successsequence.com, and they can just order materials directly through there, or they can shoot us an email if they want to talk it through a little bit, and we'll be happy to follow up with them. Now, you mentioned that you go into public schools. Really? You're allowed to do that? Well, as I mentioned earlier, most public schools, in our experience, do teach and want to teach good, healthy material to our young people. So yes, we work primarily with public schools and there are um, wonderful public school teachers who do a fantastic job and who want to teach us material and do teach us material. And again, the purpose of the legislation is to force these teachers to teach something they wouldn't otherwise teach. So if you're a parent and you want to see this taught in your government school, Maybe you need to go to the school board, the principal, or Absolutely. Whatever. We can send you sample materials that you could take to them. And what you could say is, instead of following these radical activist standards from Washington, D.C., that the legislature is imposing on your school, if you don't want to do that, here's something you can do that's much simpler and better and healthier for your kids. No question about it. Wow. You mentioned that even some Christian schools are reluctant to present your information. They need to get beyond that, obviously. But what about church youth programs? Even evangelical churches are increasingly reluctant to get involved in anything that they might consider to be controversial. Yes. We fully understand that, and we're not, we're not critical. Uh, we understand Christian schools, private schools, churches rightfully want the parents to be the educators of their kids on these things. We understand that. That is a healthy, good, proper role for parents to take. But what we would encourage schools and churches to do is to help the parents do that. 
And so parent seminars, helping equip parents to do that. And you can do it in conjunction with the parents. Our material is designed that you could teach it at school and at home simultaneously so that the parents are actually involved. There's so much information coming at parents today. They're like, what do I do? How do I do it? We want to help them. And we think schools and churches could be better equipped to help parents do that. And that's what we want to do. You told me several years ago, and you mentioned uh, earlier that Teens are receptive to the A&M message, but that was several years ago. How receptive are they today? There's more social media, more pro-sex indoctrination now. So what's the landscape look like now? Nothing has changed from our experience. What we say is that because, see, we don't water down our message. We teach it straight up. We find that that is very attractive to young people. When we try to weaken and water down the message that sounds kind of like the sex ed message, it doesn't have any resonance with them. But when we maintain a very clear and distinct message from all the noise that they're hearing in the culture, the message really pops. It stands out and they are able to hear it and see it very clearly. They say, oh my goodness, that sounds fantastic. And so that's why we uh, make no apology about being very clear and direct that uh, reserving all sexual activity for marriage is the safest, healthiest option. There's very, very few places that they're going to get that message if they're not using an A&M program. And so we want to make sure that kids get that message very clearly. And I would think once kids hear this message, they can say to their friends, I'm going this direction and here's why. Yes. Our goals uh, for kids are twofold. I say they are both behavioral and apologetic. Number one, behavioral. We want kids to understand that resisting pressure towards sexual activity and reserving all sexual activity for marriage is actually a good and healthy way to live. And so they say, yes, I want to do that. Secondly, apologetically, we want them to understand why they're waiting for marriage so that they can explain that to their peers. So we want to equip them with critical thinking skills and help them to understand the rationale and the logic behind their decision. So it's not, yeah, I don't really know. I'm, I'm, no, here's why I'm doing it. See, we teach kids in such a way that we, we don't want them to walk away at the end of our, our program and say, I choose abstinence until marriage because my teacher told me to choose abstinence until marriage. No, we want them to walk away saying, I choose abstinence until marriage because I've thought it through and I've come to understand that this is really a smart, beneficial way for me to live my life. And so what we want to do is, again, critical thinking skills. We walk them through that. We help them process the information such that they come out on the other end saying, you know what? This makes a lot of sense. I not only want to do it, but I want to encourage other people to think about this as well, because not only am I avoiding the potential of getting a sexually transmitted disease or something like that, but also I am learning self-discipline, respect, responsibility. I'm learning character qualities that are going to benefit me in my future marriage. See, at the end of the day, what we're really trying to do is strengthen the institution of marriage. We think and we help young people understand that the choices that you're making today are likely going to impact your future relationships 
tomorrow, especially your marriage relationship. So what decisions are you making now that are going to have an impact on your future marriage? And if you can figure some of these things out now, if you can learn self-discipline, respect, responsibility, incorporate those into your life now, that's going to go a long way in preparing you for future marriage and then helping you to be a faithful husband or wife in that future marriage relationship. That's why we're called A and M, abstinence now, but we're helping strengthen marriage in the future. We think that's really important because marriage is the cornerstone of culture. Let me ask you this. On your website, you say you want to take that positive message to kids all over the country. Yes. If that happens, what's the end result? Oh my goodness. We see this as that foundational, right? Of all the things I could do with my life, I can't think of anything more fundamental to helping rebuild the fabric of our culture. We think this is absolutely critical. There are three uh, trends that we are very concerned about. And when I go out to Washington to meet with policymakers, uh, these are the things that I share with them. And the three trends are simply these. Number one, the non-marital birth rate right now at 40%, 40% of them. American children born outside the context of a marriage relationship. I say these are unsustainable trends, right? So we need to restore the family. We need kids to be able to grow up with a married mom and dad. That's number one. Number two, we're concerned about the declining fertility rate. Uh, fertility rates have been dropping steadily. We are below replacement rate. This is a great concern, particularly internationally in Europe, uh, for example, where the birth rates are so low that populations are literally going extinct. So that's a second concern of ours is the lowering of the fertility rate. And then thirdly, uh, is the uh, dropping of the marriage rate. So we are right now at an all-time low in terms of the rates of marriage in our culture. Culture would be greatly strengthened when marriage rates increase. This is a core issue. It's a fundamental issue. And the way I also try to help my uh, educators and parents understand this is if you think about our kids' world today, they are swimming in a sea of media that is filled with sexual messages and sexual imagery. But then I ask them this question, how much of the sexual messaging and imagery that our kids are taking in today gives them the sense that sex reserved for the context of marriage is good and healthy and wonderful? and you realize none of it. There, there's no messaging out there today that marriage is helpful or beneficial or good in any way. And the idea that sex and marriage go together is in many ways a foreign concept for this generation. That's a shame. And we want them to understand the relationship between sex and marriage as being a, a good one and help them understand why that is. Scott Phelps with Abstinence and Marriage Education Partnership. Who should connect with you and how do they do it? All people on the planet should connect with us. They can connect with us through ampartnership.org. Banquet coming up, guest speaker, uh, the Reverend Dr. Joseph Stoll, my former boss. Tell us about it. Yes, every year we have an annual uh, fundraising event. It's a banquet. And this year we are pleased to have Dr. Joe Stoll, uh, and he will be speaking to us on Thursday, October 14th uh, at the Cotillion in Palatine. They can register online at ampartnership.org. There's no cost to attend. We do ask people to give a gift, but uh, totally voluntary. Great. Well, thank you so much, Scott Phelps. And thank you for your ministry and what you are doing that uh, not only helps teenagers, but I, I think it helps their parents too. So yeah. Yeah. thank you for uh, your information and your hard work. And thank you folks for tuning in. Please support the work of Illinois Family Institute, IllinoisFamily.org. Tell a friend about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active.
and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.